Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. We slide on into the happy hour, 5.01 on the clock. It's just me, Tony Gwynn Jr., and Matt Scraby taking you through the next hour. Sorry, that was my uh, Apple Watch talking again. Uh, we will have a biggest fan in right this now. hour. Oh, right now. No, right like, now. Right now. right now. Right now, right now. Right now, right now. It's time for today's biggest fan. Today's biggest fan it's Jose Rodriguez Jr. of San Diego. Give us a call, 833-288-0973. Within the next 10 minutes to register for our grand prize of 20 tickets to a 2024 Padres game in the Odyssey Suite to watch a Padres game with your friends and all of the fans' hosts. If you want a chance to have your name called to register for our grand prize, visit 97.3thefantasy.com slash today. The Biggest Fan Contest is presented by the San Diego Seals. Tickets are on sale now at SealsLAX.com. SealsLAX.com. Today's Biggest Fan, again, Jose Rodriguez Jr. of San Diego. Ten minutes starts now, 833-288-0973. We're getting Uh, better at that, Tony. Yes, we are. More news in baseball, and this is going to start trickling out because the 8 o'clock uh, Eastern deadline has passed for the non-tender, so we're going to start probably getting names throughout this hour. But another trade was made. The Red Sox are trading for Luis Urias. Or, excuse me, are trading infielder Luis Urias to the Mariners. Uh, right-hander Isaiah Campbell is headed to Boston in exchange for Urias' services. So that's a trade that went down um, a couple hours ago. Uh, we already went over the Padres deal. I'm interested to see you know, how the tendering goes for the Padres. Who's going to be tendered a, a contract? Um, certainly there are, you know, some thoughts out there that, that, uh, Trent Grisham could be a non-tender candidate for the Padres. Yeah. Um, all that means is that the team is not offering you a contract. You're, you're kind of in that spot. You usually are, um, arbitration eligible. You've be, you've gone beyond the three years of big league service time and, uh, a team is stuck with either Taking going to arbitration, or offering you arbitration, or not offering you the contact a contract. Um, I was in a situation once where I was not offered; I was non-tendered, and that is what allowed me to go up north about an hour, or two, or three, and or played four. for who? The Dodgers. <laughs> I think it's. I mean, you, you actually did play for him, so it's kind of cool to say that. Trent Grisham. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with Trent Grisham. 
I mean, we've talked about it. Chris and I have talked about it many times. It's going to be very hard to keep Trent Grisham in center field the way he's hitting. Spotrack says that uh, in his second arbitration year, it's going to be an estimated $5 million salary, which seems like a lot for Trent Grisham, who's hitting sub-200. So, And I know it's not all about hitting, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, no, I know what you're saying, though. It's... There was a lot of times last year where it got to that part of the lineup and... Trent sometimes can hit, and sometimes it's just it doesn't go well. Now for him. some of these deals will be settled before arbitration. You only the the ones that can't come to a mid ground, and that are usually expecting you know bigger a big raise, are the ones that actually make it to arbitration. A lot of these deals will get done prior to. Give you an example: Miguel Andujar and Abraham Toro, um, both signed a one year deal, so they'll. They signed before arbitration. They were attended a deal. They came to an agreement. The Giants, Austin Slater, mm. right-hander, uh, usually left-handed specialist. He's playing against the most of the lefties. He signed a one-year deal for $4 million. Uh, and that's a little bit north of what was projected at 3.6. So some of these deals uh, will, will come to fruition before arbitration happens, which is right around spring training. Some of it happens actually during spring training. So... Just got to be nerve wracking for the guys who are trying to find jobs. Well, if you've if you're if you've been tendered a contract, you know you're yeah. you're going to have a job. It's just a matter of how much coin you're going to get to do that job. Yeah, the Padres. If you just missed it, they traded uh, Scott Barlow to the Guardians for uh, relieving pitcher Eniel De Los Santos and more based... tra- more trades. By the way, oh, more trades. Well, real quick, Eniel De Los Santos uh, is coming over with less. He has more control than Scott Barlow, and Scott Barlow is going to make around. Seven point two million. More, so. more team control, not ball control. Team control, yeah. yes. Yeah, he's not- yeah. It's not like his accuracy <laughs> is any better now that he's a Padre. Um, Braves trade Kyle Wright. I don't know if you guys remember, he was the young pitcher a couple years ago that was lights out for them. Um, he he's traded to the Royals in exchange for fellow righty Jackson Cower. Um, see, reports Annie Rogers of MLB dot com. Rogers' colleague Mark Bauman first indicated that some type of deal involving Wright could be in the works. Wright underwent shoulder surgery following the season and is expected to miss the entire. So this is another one of those Woodruff deals because Kyle Wright had shoulder surgery. He's expected to miss the whole 2024 campaign. So this is a deal in which um, Kansas City, who has two years of control of Wright, will use one of those years in order to get him healthy. I guess this is kind of like uh, isn't this kind of like what the Padres did with Mike Clevenger? You know who it's with? It's like what they did with the um, oh man, the righty we had that was a two year deal. Uh, oh, he, um, he, uh, he, Garrett. It's right on the tip of my tongue. Chat, do chat, what you do. Chat, do what you do. <laughs> Garrett, something. Garrett, Garrett, Garrett. Um, it'll come I don't know. It'll it'll come into the chat at some point, but. It's along those lines where you you pay for the year for basically a rehab year where you get right, and then uh, from there you you hope that he's healthy enough to uh, contribute. Richards, Garrett Richards. Garrett Rich- I told you the chat yeah. was going. No, come the through. chat is good for you that. Just, you just no got chat. you just got to let it marinate. Brandon a has a good question, and I have a. I, I'm going to ask you this question as well. Austin Nola, what's going to happen with him? It's a good question. Trade him. I don't I mean, know, man. You can never have too much of that position, right? I does mean, he want to? I mean, doesn't it's necessarily. Not to him. It, yeah, he's under team control yeah, too. Yeah, I think for another two years. Let me see, because 
Ostinola, like, I know he had a terrible year. He had a rough year, for sure. Uh, his arbitration, he's in his second year of arbitration. He's estimated to make $2.3 million. Yeah, so he's 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 under team control now. He could be another candidate. I mean, the Padres only have, what, one catcher on their roster right now. Yeah, Gary Cap- Sanchez is not signed. Yeah, Gary, uh, Capisano, Luis, is the only catcher that they have on their roster. Now, they got the they got the young kid down in the minors that um, is, is, I would assume, and is not ready yet. Why is my brain not working today? We not, we're name? not in full baseball Ethan mode. Solace. Ethan Solace, yes. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, there's, 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 as we've talked about, there's a lot of uh, questions, holes, um, decisions that need to be made uh, about the Padres roster. Well, they didn't really fill any holes today with the, the trade. Brewers, non tender Brandon Woodruff. They did. Yes. All right. Wow. I mean, he was their guy for a long time, but you can't pitch for a year. Well, you're hurt. he's he's been hurt, and so you know it, what I, what I've learned about the Brewers is they're pretty cutthroat when it comes to saving a dollar. Like they don't hesitate on that type of thing. Whether it's tra- whether it's trading Josh Hader or or um, you know in this case moving off of Woodruff, who's going to miss all of 2024. Um, we'll see who who jumps on this. Somebody's going to sign him. Oh yeah, because when he's healthy, he's he's top tier. So back to the Garrett Richards thing. So the Padres signed him while he was one more, injured. One more, one more. Okay, a couple more. Yeah. Rangers, they have non-tendered San Diegan Matt Bush mm. and left-hander Brett Martin. Go ahead, scrape. Uh, no, Garrett Richards was signed. He was signed while he was injured, so they basically locked him in at a lower rate because they said, "Here's some money to stay with us." Right, and and it's not a bad idea. I think Mike Clevenger, they kind of did it with too. He got some a little bit more money. Well, Mike, when they got Mike Clevenger in the trade, remember he was healthy, and then he had the Tommy John, mm-hmm. and they decided to stick with him through that portion yeah. of it, and. Um, it, I th- he came back, and I think what you saw is what you see from a lot of guys who have Tommy John. There's a year in which there is a uh, kind of relearning yourself as a pitcher. And then Mike had a good season this year. He was one of the best White Sox pitchers, uh, and that's on a roster on a on a rotation with Dylan Cease on it. That's so, true. Um, he seemed to bounce back this year. We we saw him that last start. He looked good uh, against the Padres. So. We'll see. This stuff is still trickling out here as we go um, in terms of these non-tenders. Haven't seen anything on the Padres yet. The Cleveland Guardians claimed outfielder Ramon Laureano off Uh, of waivers. That's the former Oakland A. Yes, he was uh, DFA'd on Saturday. I'm just adding that to the conversation. That's interesting. He he could have, uh, I mean, if you're looking for a, uh, a little bit of an upgrade, that would work. He's a great center fielder. I don't know if you guys remember. He's the one who made the threw the guy out at first from like the wall after he kind of ah, rounded the bases yes, okay. in, in, in Oakland. So he's yeah. a tremendous defender. Um, Bat has kind of uh, regressed, I would say, but still may be an upgrade. But he's he's elsewhere. Cleveland. You said Cleveland picked him up. Yes. There you go. Ben on the chat is, wants us to dive a little bit deeper. Do you think the Padres take the risk with Woodruff? 
That's a good question. It, it'll probably be on. It'll probably be on the cheap if they do. But uh, how cheap? I mean, because he does his name carry. He's hurt, so he doesn't have a lot of rever- yeah. leverage. So he's, he's going to miss a whole season. Needs to find a team that's going to to allow it'll him depend, to float a year. It'll depend what the market is. If the market is is dried up, he got to take what he can. Now, who's going to be willing to 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 have a basically a two year project, right? Um, I would imagine he's going to have to give a discount for it. This is not like this is not his first shoulder injury, so um, I'm sure there are a lot of people, a lot of teams that liked what they've seen, but are are a little weary uh, when it comes to signing him to a deal. Yoshinobu Yamamoto, by the way. Giancarlo Stanton and uh, his agent, remember they responded to Brian Cashman? Yes. Well, one of the agent's clients is Yoshinobu Yamamoto. And so that's why I was saying that the other day. Like, you know, if you're Cashman and you're looking for pitching, which I think you are, uh, and you this guy is of interest, probably not the best idea to, to badmouth a client of no. the agent that you're going to deal with. No. But, that you know, I think that was just Cashman – Letting off some steam, he's been taking a beating from the Yankee fans. <laughs> Yankee fans wanted his job. You know, he's getting asked these questions. It's the first time the New Yorker has really come out of Brian Cashman in a little. Yeah, bit. he was he's like, been, it's just part of his he's game been now. Like, he's been he's been pretty calm over the last few years. I need to reset on this week because I I would like to say that Ramon Laureano was claimed off waivers, but he was claimed off waivers in August. Wowzers. <laughs> Just giving out information from August, huh? Baseball season actually still going. That was my head hitting the microphone if no one could hear it. I, I will I will be better, people. Jeez Louise. I say I'll be better. Let's just go to break. Yeah. Here's some traffic. Better. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, Go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Back here in the Odyssey Palace. Stick around after the show, though, because you will hear kickoff with Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti every week. Boomer and Valenti preview the entire slate of NFL games. Analysis from Boomer, picks from Mike, the biggest stories in the league packed into an hour. That's tonight, Friday nights at 6 p.m. here on 97.3 The Fan and always live on the free Odyssey app presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it and by Lowe's. Lowe's knows home improvement. All right, during the break. Let me get this. Yes, please. You, Let me get you, this because yes, uh, please. As I was sitting here and all this stuff is starting to come across, I started remembering like how I was feeling like leading up to this date. 
it's a very nerve-wracking day not to know if you'll oh, have a job at that time. And so, you know, I was up lightly. I, I know that, you know, guys are certainly um, uneasy. This is an uneasy time for, for baseball players. Yeah. Um, the Padres have non-tendered the following players. Jose Espada, Taylor Colway, Austin Nola, and Tim Hill. Padres, along with the Barlow move, save about $9 million on the 2024 uh, payroll for this upcoming season. So um, there is reason why they're doing it. Um, and, you know, there are some guys who are probably upset, and there are some guys who are relieved at this point, I'm sure. What Tim Hill's the one that – well, first off, Trent Grisham's not on that list. Trent Grisham's not on this list. So he will be – he will be so. This means he goes into arbitration. Yes. Okay. It's the, the contracts are so confusing. In they baseball. are a little bit. Yeah. No. Trent Grisham will go for. I think it's his third year of arbitration here. Uh, I will double check. I'm so afraid to make a wrong mistake. But Tim Hill, <laughs> especially that, after giving August news, <laughs> I know Tim Hill. That's a surprising one, isn't it? A little bit. A little bit. Um, Second year of arbitration for second Trent. year of arbitration. So, I don't know if it's it, it, there is a surprise there for sure because he he has had some success here, but um, I think maybe easier to fill his spot than it is some of the other ones that yeah. we were been talking about. Uh, Austin Ola, we've just talked about him. I don't think this is surprising at all. No, it went. You know the the deal for bringing Austin Ola started off really well. And I'm not sure if it was him having to go out there every day, uh, him maybe being, you know, dealing with something we don't know about. But he certainly str- had a, had a rough s- struggle this year offensively. I really want. I really think it may have been when he got hit in the face in spring training because that's what he said. He said that he had issues after that when he uh, took a either it was a foul ball or uh, something hit him in the face. And he, you're looking at me like you don't remember this. I don't. He he did get hit in the face by a foul ball. Or a, With a, a throw. One? I don't remember. I I don't remember the exact play, but I do remember he missed a lot of time. And the reason that he said he was saying that he was having such a hard time seeing the ball was because he thinks something like happened when he got hit. I, I by don't whatever pitch I, that was. I, re, I mean, I, when you say it, I, I think it there's some familiarity, but I just don't remember that. That was in spring training. Yes, that was definitely in spring training near the end of spring training. We didn't know if he was going to be ready for uh, ready for opening day. But he had the di- the diagnosis of eye movement issue. Oh, well, yeah, that's a big deal, man. Do you mean your eyes? You have to be able to track the baseball. Your eyes have to be able to to move. You know, I always found that, and I, you know, I'm not a big reader, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> but I found that when I did reading like a, a, a good amount before the game, that. My eyes, it was like an exercise for my eyes, right? Because you're constantly kind of tracking the line as you're reading up and down the page. Yeah. I always felt like, you know, on those days, I I had good days seeing the baseball. It's like your eyes were getting a little bit of exercise beforehand. He was hit in the face by a Michael Fulmer fastball. He was at bat. He broke his nose. Okay. Okay. I do remember, remember that. I do remember that. I was trying to remember, like, did he take one off the mask? No, he. No, because it, it broke his that's nose. That's right. It didn't hit him. Cl- it, that's right. It didn't hit him clean, which was a blessing because yes. it only ended up. I mean, it broke his nose, but, but he like turned out of the way. He rolled right, out of the way. Right, right. I do remember that now. I do remember that. Yeah. So, 
hopefully uh, Austin can get that taken care of and in, in, in the right direction. Yeah, but I guess not too surprising these things. Nope. I mean, this, so that's where we're kind of at right now in terms of uh, this non-tender situation. Uh, a couple other names. Um, Juan Yepes, Jake Woodford. You asked about Dakota Hudson. Mm, yeah, uh, all non-tendered. They tr- sounds like they tried to come, come tried to deal Hudson this afternoon, but uh, couldn't find a taker. Uh, Jeff Brigham, Sam Coonrod, and Trevor Gott, all non-tendered uh, as well. Those are the relievers for the Mets. Uh, Jacob Stallings and Garrett Hampson, that's former Rocky, probably familiar with that, non-tendered. Dominic Smith, Corey Abbott of the Nationals. Non-tendered. Uh, Hunter Stratton for the Pirates. Osvaldo Biddle, all non-tendered uh, for the Pirates. So these things will keep trickling out. But I think right now the biggest name that has been non-tendered is, is Brandon Woodruff. I don't, yeah. I don't think it's really that close either at this point. Yeah, I can imagine those, um, like you're st- when you started the segment, you are saying these are the m- most nervous days of a baseball For player. Sure. I could totally imagine that because your entire future depends on this. And, like, those guys now, I presume, are going to have to just go find yeah, tryouts somewhere. You're, you're not guaranteed. You're, you're, you're looking at non-roster invites. Um, you're looking at, you know, the chance. So the better ones will get on the roster. They'll get a big league deal, you know, uh, probably for less money than they would have gotten arbitration. Uh, and those ones, you're, you're good. Big league deals are always good. But then you have the segment of guys who, you know, will have to take a non-roster invite, meaning you're not on a 40-man roster. You're coming in as a, a non-40-man invite. You're like a walk-on. Basically. Kind of similar, right? And so um, you have that segment of guys. And then you have the segment of guys that don't know that they're even going to be offered a job. And so that's why this is like the most nerve-wracking part of, of the season. Unless you are signed, know you've been tendered an arbitration deal, and that's really it. Or you're Blake Snow. Yeah, or you're one of the big dogs. <laughs> or you're Blake or Snow. Or you're about to get a big bag. Yeah. When you so let us into the emotion. I know you said you were a little bit angry, but like you find out you're non tendered. What what goes through your mind first? Like, oh crud, oh, I don't have a oh, job anymore. Oh, you know what? <laughs> yeah. Where am I gonna be at? Yeah. Where where am I gonna be playing at? Um when those when that happens, when you get non-tendered, a good team is going to give your agent a heads up mm. that it's happening, so they can start to, you know, make some calls, or there already will be calls because those that kind of information trickles through Major League Baseball pretty quickly. They all know who's available. I know the same day I was non-tendered um, from the Padres, Ned Coletti called my agent, who was the Dodgers' GM at the time, and said there was interest. And so from there, you don't know. Like, it's just there's interest, but what does that mean? Does, it, does that mean this is happening or you're going to need to yeah, explore yeah. elsewhere first? I mean, to say you have interest is, like, very vague. It's like <laughs> saying, ah, oh, you go. it's like going to a car car dealership and being like, ah, oh, yeah, I like that one. I like that car. Okay, you want to buy it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's not. No, I like it. That's not good enough at this point. So no, I, I like it. I just a, don't want to buy it. It's definitely, as I said, it's a nerve wracking time for um, for players. So we'll see how this unfolds. Currently, Sac Grimano has closed the gap on uh, San Antonio. They're down four forty nine forty five. Sacramento, or excuse me, San Antonio, right now. Uh, 
Go ahead. Uh, well, just uh, real quick, we have some more proposals for rules. I don't know why this is all like trickling out separately. Why can't they this just is, make a it, big it, whole it, thing? It, it, wait, this is rules? Rules for baseball proposals, like batter timeouts. Um, the home yeah. play umpire would signal for a restart of the clock. The interesting thing about this all, and, and I'm almost positive this is going to be the player's gripe, is that we just changed the rules, and this was by arguably one of the best seasons Major League Baseball has had yeah, quite I don't know some why time, they're trying to fix, tr- and they're, they're trying, trying to, to add more and tweak it more. Like it just doesn't make sense. Here's what the article says about um, why they're thinking about changing this rule. The league said two issues emerged: hitters took advantage because there was no time limit, and pitchers sometimes held the ball for prolonged periods because the clock did not reset until the batter returned to the box. The average duration of a timeout increased by two seconds from April to September. Like two seconds or two minutes? Two seconds. Come on, what are we talking oh, well, about? I don't know why we're trying to save two seconds. What are we doing? We're, we're okay. We're okay with that. Uh, another one, another proposal, pitchers must work exclusively from the stretch with this runners one, on base. This one, and this is for personal reasons, has always bothered me. Why? Pitchers pitching in the windup when there's a runner on. I just feel like you should have to pitch out of the stretch. What's the difference? You know what? It, it's not that it's, that's just a bu- I always feel like the pitchers that pitch from the stretch with nobody on, that also... Bothers me. Like, pitch from the windup. <laughs> what is the difference? I mean, I know that the timing. Your ah, timing, okay. you got more time. Like, when a pitcher's pitching from the stretch, they can do all kind of tricky stuff. Like, they can slide step, they can quick pitch. And it's, you know, for a hitter, you, you, everything's off of timing. For a windup, you know, you got your time, you got to, you know, do your thing behind your head and however it is. The, um, uh, yeah, this, just, that is funny. <laughs> just being a nerd right now. No, I love this. I love this. Uh, one veteran said about the, the uh, working from the stretch, you can't tell me how I want to throw. <laughs> it's such a basic. I have to be able to use any tactics to get a hit out. I either think that's Max Scherzer or Garrett. Definitely see Max Scherzer. Uh, going quickly that. through these other ones. Now, here's where I get a little bit weird because mound visits, there's five currently. They're trying to drop it to four. They're trying to drop it to four. And um, it's because it's the fans' least favorite event in baseball. I Listen, I'm not going to lie. Don't mind them taking away mound visits. I gotta admit, whenever I see it's a mound so, visit, I go, it, "Oh, come on!" And it, you know, they're never. I mean, it's one thing for a mound visit to be used when you know a guy is struggling, needs a breather, but sometimes it just feels like the mound visit is just a mound visit. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it doesn't seem like it serves anybody. No, at that no, point. no. Uh, pitching changes the timer would reset to two minutes rather than two fifteen when a new pitcher steps on the warning. Boy, track. they are really obsessed with these seconds. They really they, are. They really <laughs> are. We're talking about like it's one thing to move a game from three hours and four minutes to two hours and thirty five minutes. Like that's it's a big change, but these seconds in the the three or four minutes they were. Complaining about yeah. about the the pace of the game being longer at the end of the year just seems like it's excessive right now. Uh, another silly rule. Well, I guess it's not silly, but pitchers no longer will be permitted to delay the start of the clock by walking around the edge of a mound after a ball is out of play. Now, here's the thing. I, I'm all I'm all for all of these rules that force a pitcher to get on a mound. But and listen, there's not enough data yet. We've only done it one year, but there was a lot of complaints this year from the pitchers that this was a part of the reason why the injuries were up. Pitchers not being able to have enough time to recover in between pitches. Now, I would argue, I can't remember a time the injuries were down. And that was before we had this pitch clock. I mean, injuries seem like they go up every year. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to see if 
and and Major League Baseball has started to try to collect this, start collecting this data to find out if it is actually having an impact on the injuries because obviously you're paying these players a lot of money and you know not having them available is a waste of it and if you're causing it with your rules you might have to make an adjustment so yeah it's uh, very strange that they're trying to save seconds the, the 20 you know seconds doing? to 18 seconds and and now the to try to shave off 15 instead of the, the 215 instead of the 2 or 2 2 instead of the 215 they're going to the Matt Scraby school of telling jokes i tell one joke i get a laugh and then i keep telling keep jokes and i lose it so that's kind of what they're doing here that like, is just keep it the same that is definitely the school keep of it the same all right sure. that's it for the rule changes when we get back on tuesday it was a very sad tough day with peter seidler passing away but jesse agler play-by-play man for the padres joined the show and he had some really great stories that he told about peter so stick around that'll be next on 97.3 the fan 5.38 on the clock, Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scravey. It's been a long three and a half hours. Oh, wow. I was going to say, say it's been a quick. quick. Yeah. It's been a long week, though. My brain hurts, i got to say. I mean, yes, you're giving us information from August. I'm sure your brain definitely uh, is not quite right right now. i got to stop being so trusting. Because you, you know what, you people are, are gonna, you are gullible. People are going to start like saying things to me, and I'm going to be like, "Oh, I trust you," and then it's going to be funny when they're like, "Oh, got you." You know what we're going to have to do with you, especially put me in bubble wrap. No, we're going to have to get you to stop trying to, especially when it's just me and you. Today was tough for you because you're like trying to read the the. Trying to, trying to the, add some things. Trying in the, to read the, the, the stream, computer yeah. screen to your right. You're trying to read the computer screen to your left. Yeah, run the board. Yeah, man. You know, I, the stream I, might take a backseat when it's just me and you. I agree. I agree. For I mean, it'll I mean still you can be ca- you can occasionally like pop your head over there like during a break to kind of look at it and see. Yeah, what's but when up. someone trashes me, I can't stop the entire show to feel bad for myself. I tell you for what, ladies and gentlemen, those of you who watch the show on the stream. Be nice to my guy, Scrape. Oh, everybody watching right now is nice. Watching right now, there was there there were some late earlier that weren't as quite as nice. Yeah, I had to. Uh, I had to. Are you blocking people already, bro? I try not to. That's a yes or no question. I try not to. <laughs> but if you come at me every single day, I get a little tired of seeing it. You're gonna get blocked. Yeah, I realize. Yeah, I gave out the wrong information. Oh my gosh. It is a bad thing. I mean, that's, that's kind of... But I'm not Krista Thompson. I'm not a reporter. Okay, well, you didn't have to roll her under the bus again. Uh, <laughs> secondly, you know, you kind of have been... You, you are the bearer of misinformation. Oh. That is the name Chris Ello coined for you. So, I, I mean, so you're just much. living in it right now. It's all good, man. It's all good. We got your back. All right. Uh, as Scraby mentioned before we went to break, it was a tough week. For many reasons, but especially because uh, we lost our owner, Peter Seidler, uh, who was a a great pillar in this community. Um, And so on Tuesday, we had to kind of work through that together. And Jesse Agler helped us do it. If you missed that interview, here it is right here. My partner, Jesse Agler, joins us here on Gwen and Chris. And Jesse, obviously, uh, well, not obviously, you and I, I had reached out to Jesse uh, when 
I first got the text and was unsure and trying to confirm or if it was real or not. And Jesse didn't know at the time. We actually found out at the same time while we were talking to each other. And Jess, well, just your initial thoughts on on the loss of Peter Seidler. Oh, man. Um, I, I really think the only place to begin is that it's just it's a sad day and a bad day uh, for for all of us. And, and when I say all of us, I don't mean necessarily the people who work for the Padres or who sort of inhabit the Padres solar system. And, and I know that's a lot of people in this community, but um, his reach extended well beyond the Padres. I'm yeah. sure you guys have been talking a lot about that, even just at the beginning of your show. And, um, you know, what Peter did for this community, an adopted community, by the way, um, you know, we're not all, all lucky enough to be born and raised San Diego. Some of us had to find our way here um, as I did and as Peter did. And, and I think like pretty much everybody who ends up here one way or another, you learn very quickly what a special place it is. And, and Peter poured his heart and his soul and his pocketbook into this community, um, not just into the Padres, not just into Petco Park, uh, but into San Diego. You know, the stuff we've heard about. And I tell you what, I guarantee you there's plenty we never heard about, um, you know, that, that took place behind the scenes and, and things that Peter and his family uh, did for people uh, in this community. And, and, and it's, it's a bad day for all of us. It's a sad day for all of us. Uh, but what a wonderful, wonderful man uh, that we were lucky enough to get to know. And, and Tony, you know, I know for you and I in particular, like yeah. um, they're, they're just, there aren't a lot of people like that that we're going to have the opportunity to come across in our lives. And, and I think we knew that even as we got to enjoy our time with him. And it's a, it's a pretty big part of my reflection, I think, here today. Jesse, um, you know, the, the, the thing that stands out to me at a glance is that Peter Seidler's not like all the other owners or not like a lot of the other owners that we think of. I mean, yeah. we think of ownership as somebody sitting up behind, uh, you know, a, uh, a glass window watching from an owner's box. I mean, he was, he was a fan more than almost anything else. And I imagine as somebody who, you know, worked for him ultimately, uh, it was kind of a pleasure to be able to have, have be in the employee of an owner like that. It's, it's a dream. It's a dream. And I, I was thinking about this today. Um, and, and, you know, many of my conversations with Peter were like the conversations that like Tony and I would have off the air or Chris, when you stop by and I see you like the conversations we'd have about the team. When, when you work in sports and you guys know this, but for the listeners, it, it, especially if you worked for a team or in one specific sport, obviously huge baseball fan growing up. Um, and Tony, your perspective is a little bit different because you basically have lived in the, in, in major league baseball your entire life. But, you know, for me, my my fandom changed when I began working in professional sports a little bit. And so the way like I feel about the Padres is quite frankly and honestly, a little bit different than the way I feel about like when I watch Miami Hurricanes football. When I watch Miami Hurricanes football, I'm an unglued maniac. Okay. <laughs> you know, and, and like I'm sure Tony with the Lakers, right? Nice. Or Chris with the Dolphins, like we have like when you're like a full one hundred percent fan of something. It's a very different thing than when you work for a team. But I tell you what, Peter didn't lose that with the Padres. Like, not only did he work for the team, he owned the team. Like, so, you know, it was like he was as invested literally as any of us in their success, but he never lost like that fan's perspective. And that is unbelievably rare and so refreshing. And it made the conversations with him so fun because it really did feel like any of us, 
you didn't feel like you were talking to the owner, I guess, is what I'm saying. When you talk to Peter about the team, he'd be, you know, he'd, he'd come up to you and be like, whew, so what do you think about the eighth inning? You know, and it was yeah. like, you'd start talking about it and talking about it. And, you know, like halfway through my rambling, I remember who I'm speaking to. And I'd be like, well, what do you think about the eighth inning? You know, like that's, that's far more important than what I think. And, and I mean, just such like genuine, genuine warmth and love for the game and for people. Um, you know, I, I did the thing, which I know we all do when we lose somebody these days. And I looked back through texts and emails, you know, just to kind of, you know, feel something. And, and I don't know if that's like the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do, but my God, like it just reminded me what a, what an incredibly positive and supportive person Peter Seidler was, you know, my, my career here began early on in, in Peter's tenure with the Padres and so, like, in, in a weird way, maybe we kind of grew together, um, you know, working here in San Diego. He, he arrived in 2012. I arrived in 2014. And looking back, I saw some of the early, early emails he sent me. Really, you could tell I was a young guy kind of finding my feet. And he would just shoot me unsolicited notes of support. Yeah. Hey, I was, I was walking on the beach tonight and listening to you guys. You sounded great. Hey, great home run call. Stuff like that. And, I mean, gosh, like, what an unbelievably unnecessary but kind meaningful thing to be able to do um and and that's just how he was with everybody uh, just a, a tremendous tremendous human yeah no i mean that that was peter seidler in a nutshell like those side conversations i mean that's how i found out he knew that i was doing the post pre and post game for the dodgers in in 15 or 16 is because he would say he would sit and, and, and listen and he'd go over that kind of stuff and he was just so kind. It's funny, and Jesse can attest to this, broadcasters are by nature a little cynical, right? And I think the part that Jesse just hit on where you're having a conversation and, you know, we're watching these games every day and so you start to wear those those bad moments a little bit more. But he always found a way to recenter the conversation around the fans and what they were feeling. He was very passionate about that portion and winning, Jesse. That was the other thing that I always found yeah. uh, to be enlightening to be around him is because you don't – he wanted to win particularly for a, an adopted city uh, so badly. He 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 was kind – he was warm, but boy, was he competitive. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's, and, and that's like the perfect mix. I mean, literally, if you, if you ask like a fan of any sports team, hey, if, if you could create the perfect owner for your favorite team in a lab, you're pretty much going to come up with what Peter Seiler was. You know, someone who thought like a fan, who spent, you know, like a fan would spend, uh, who kind of right. exuded the positivity required to shepherd the thing through the ups and the downs. You know, he, he understood the roller coaster nature of it, you know, in a way that was maybe even beyond like the usual fan perspective, you know, like he he's been in pro baseball basically his entire life uh, because of his family and the Dodgers. And so he's seen so many ups and downs, uh, you know, in kind of an intimate way. And so that I think afforded him, you know, like this perspective of being able to zoom out and like 2021, for instance. Um, you know, when that really went badly or this year, and obviously we didn't get the opportunity to speak with him the tail end of this year because he wasn't well. But I remember conversations and emails and texts, you know, after the appointment of 2021. And while he was as devastated as I think everybody was in town, he understood that it was part of the larger picture. And, you know, sure enough, what happened last year, 
in 22. The Padres go all the way to the championship series in the National League. And, um, you know, he, he enjoyed it so much. Um, he wants it so badly for this fan base, for this community. Um, you know, he, I think really at the end of the day, perhaps as much as anything, he took his responsibility of sort of being the shepherd of this team so seriously. And he knows what it means to this fan base. Um, he knows what it means to the people in this community. When I say community, I mean, you know, down, yeah, into Baja, but up north, out east, like, he understood the breadth of the thing. And, you know, I think especially in the wake of the Chargers leaving, understanding just how much pride we all take here in the success of this organization. And, and he wanted to make it as successful as possible. You know, as uh, as a broadcaster uh, on other you know levels of sports and doing all the games that I've done and all the teams, I mean, owners can sometimes be a little intimidating and make yeah. you feel a little uncomfortable, and you kind of worry about what you're saying, especially when you see them in person. Because yeah. you're supposed to be a broadcaster, you're supposed to be really good at talking, and if you're stumbling in front of the owner, you feel a little bit uh, <laughs> self conscious about it. So that just amazes me that you actually got texts and notes from Peter Seidler telling him how great your call was on a certain play. Because I had an owner with the hockey team here in San Diego, Ron Hahn, who uh, owned the Gulls, who used to call me in my hotel room and say, hey, you made a great call tonight on the game. I loved listening to it. That carried me for, oh, I don't know, about four years. You know, just yeah. hearing one comment yeah. like that from the owner and knowing that he was listening and he appreciated what I was doing, uh, that, that that Peter Seidler was able to do the same and, and accomplish that is, is another measure of the man. No question. Um, you know, I, I think understanding what you just said, right, like that one kind comment can carry somebody for a very long time. You know, it's so impactful. It's so meaningful coming from somebody like that. And I mean, that's something I really try and remember in my career because, you know, I've been touched a few times over the years. I have a Mark Kotze story I've told once or twice that I know Tony's heard about, you know, some kindness that Kotze, uh showed me after like my first ever series doing television for the Padres in 2014. And like how I just went from like zero to 80 in terms of how I was feeling after Mark made like a, a 10 second comment to me. Um, and, and yeah, Peter with regularity would say nice things. He, you know, also, and, and this kind of goes along with it all, like, he loves baseball, man. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, in the way we all love baseball, like, Tony and I are baseball geeks. Chris, I know you're a geek. Like, we, Tony and I, the off-air conversations we have in the booth, probably embarrassing, like, when you really, like, step back and think about it. <laughs> and we'll just, like, randomly dork out about some, you know, 1987 something or other that comes up in conversation and we're going down the baseball reference rabbit hole and like, you know, going on and on and on. And, and poor Dave Marcus is listening to us. And then like you would talk to Peter and he was the exact same way. And right. his brother, Tom, who I adore is the exact same way. Like we can have these great baseball conversations because he just loves, loves, loves baseball. And um, yeah, you, you would often, often forget you were speaking to the owner of the team when speaking to him, which is perhaps the greatest compliment you can give any owner um, because he really was just kind of like, you know, at the end of the day, it felt like you were talking to just anybody else who worked for the team, who cared about the team and who wanted great things for the team. Jesse, one last uh, thought before you leave. I mean, how will you personally remember Peter Seiler? You know, Scraby brought up a, a good memory that I had kind of forgot about. I can't remember. It was after one of the clinchings. It was. Was it a guy, after L.A.? It was the yes. It the, was after the, the, the after at the DS. The guys are in there spraying champagne, 
and he is just off in the corner. No one's by him. He's just watching the guys enjoy the moment. That's that's probably the one that'll stick out in my mind. Do you have one before we let you get out of here? I think for me, it's it's you know some of the the notes that he sent me. Um, you know, especially when he was healthy, he he was a, he was good at it. You know, he he it was it was far more regular than it should have been. Um, you know, I think like I, I just I again I was looking back at emails and texts today and. I always knew it, but it just struck me again, just how kind of a person. And like, I genuinely believed he thought I was great at what I did. Um, And whether he believed that or not doesn't ever matter uh, because he made me feel like he thought I was. And like Chris, you were saying that that's going to carry me forever. It's going to carry me forever Um, because um, that guy has been around baseball. He loves baseball. He knows baseball. And if he thought I was even half decent at my job, that's good enough for me. Um, you know, and, and so like, I'll, I'll save those emails for the rest of my life. I'll save those texts for the rest of my life. And, and, you know, if there's a day I'm down on myself, pull one up, kind of smile a little bit and, and, oh man, he's a, he's a very, very special person. No doubt. Jess, as always, man, appreciate you coming on, sharing some of your thoughts and, uh, we'll do it again soon. Of course, guys. Tough week for all of us, uh, as we mourn the passing of Peter Seidler. That was Jesse Agler and a really good interview that we'll end the week on. We're going to end the show there. Everybody enjoy their weekend. Be safe. Be safe, yeah. And we'll do it again uh, on Monday. Full crew. Have a good weekend. is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest.